0: That's
1: Jay, that's Lauren, that's Steph. Hello, (laughs) hey, how have we all been this week?
2: Good, good.
1: Good, yeah, done anything exciting?
2: I actually went on a little holiday this week and I went to Stonehenge. The Stonehenge? The Stonehenge. So, considering we're tackling abandoned places Mm -hmm. this week, Stonehenge is one of the most famous abandoned places. But no one really knows why. No one knows what it is. No, I thought because I never thought about it before. I always thought that it was just like a temple or something. Mm. But, but there is no evidence as to yeah. what it actually
0: is. I've read about Stonehenge. I've never been, but I've read other it They, just, just they don't know how it got there. they
2: can't even explain how they brought
1: the stones yeah. to Stonehenge.
2: Right. Well, they had like um this like rig set up, and it was literally like logs would roll underneath rocks. But these rocks are massive, like huge. It would have taken like hundreds of thousands of men yeah. to drag and they come from like twenty miles away.
0: Yeah.
2: And I know like England is flat, it's not like it would have been in Wales, yeah. but like the inner circles then, the ones that are made of blue stone, are actually from Wales. Yeah. So they don't know whether that's come over through like ice age and then like the ice melts in.
1: Oh. or if
2: the site was actually made by Welsh travellers. So Bluestone's not native to Wales then? No, Bluestone is native to Wales. Oh, it is. It's not native to England. Oh. So they're thinking either Welsh Welsh cavemen. Mm. Well, it wouldn't have been cavemen. It was like Neolithic, which is like, I don't know, like 5,000 odd years ago. Mm. So people were... They weren't cavemen. They were living in, like, huts and stuff, but they did farm and keep animals. But, um...
1: Just at the start of the Bronze Age. Or are we taking a bit earlier than Bronze? Uh, Yeah. (sighs)
2: Yeah, Yeah. just about to go into the Bronze Age. Mm. Still in the Stone Age, but not quite there yet. Mm. So, yeah. So that's a little mystery Mm. that still no one knows about. It was, um... The weather was particularly good, yeah. mm. so it was really cool to see it like in clear skies with no rain or anything. That was really cool. Yeah. And you just—you're not actually allowed like in it. Oh. It's holy. literally like it's like a ten meter like look but don't, don't touch. Really. You're not allowed thing. to go in at oh, all. Or... I, so I oh, know. I, I thought,
1: thought that. That. I thought you could sit in the inner circle. No. Oh. I think you've
2: got to pay extra. I think you'll pay like sixty quid or something what? to sit. Closer to it, I know they do festivals there, um, like Wiccan festivals, festivals up there. Yeah, but yeah, well, I mean, that's where all that uh kick off in at uh, wasn't mm-hmm. it where they all went up, and they were like everyone's gotta leave all that all security because obviously we were in the heat of COVID and mm-hmm. everyone was gathering. So, ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly
1: recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really well, good. As Lauren has mentioned, we are doing Abandoned Cities this week. Yeah. And I'm going to leave after
0: that because I don't want to hear my stories, thank you very much. not well, they
2: Yeah, spooky tag is Steph it this
0: week. Nope. It helps. Nope. It I'm pretty sure I'm next week.
2: is but. She says that now and then she'll pull something out of the bag and I'll be like, really? <laughs> yeah,
1: she's playing her down and she? she's definitely <clears> playing this <her> down. <throat> I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Anything else happened this
0: week? Oh, actually, you know how I said. Before we go into our story sentence, you know I always said I, I wanted to pick a topic for our next episode? Yes. I've changed what I want to pick. Oh, Maybe all right, it, okay. Because okay. I watched the other day uh, The Conjuring, The yeah. Devil Made Me Do It. Have mm. I ever really watched it? Yeah. Yes. It's so good. I, yeah. I really want to look into um, trials with possessions and Ooh, things like that. Ooh, I there. think that would be cool. Looking somewhere. But the only thing is we're probably not going to find anything. Wales. try. I haven't looked at all, but I thought that's yeah,
1: that should, should be hard. fine. To be honest with you, what if we look at exorcism in New Wales
0: oh, or yeah. anything of that nature? Mm. Really, yeah. we can.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Write this down because we all know what's going to happen. We're going to forget. Yeah.
2: And then we're going to be like, "Who's doing more?
0: I'll put it in the group chat. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs>
1: Lauren, do you want to kick us off then? Okay. <laughs> okay,
2: so uh, my story this week is about the Welsh legend of Cantra Lod. Have you oh. heard of it? No. Uh, according to legend, Cantra was a rich and fertile land so much that one acre of land there would be worth four times more than anywhere else in Wales. Wow, apparently. Um, the land stretched across what is known today as Cardigan Bay. Mm-hmm. Um and it lay it lay below sea level protected by sea walls so this was like it would have been below sea level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The legend is that the guardian of the sea defenses was Scythenin, a friend of the king charged with all with the all important role of shutting the sea gates every night. One night Cythnen, who liked his drink, was at a feast in the king's palace and, and forgot to shut the sea gates. It was a stormy night and the high spring tides broke through, quickly flooding Cantregrelod and forcing its people to flee to the hills. The water gates were left open and the sea rushed in to flood the land of Cantref, drowning over 16 villages. The king and some of his court managed to escape by running to safety along Carn, Kynferlind. Gwydno Garahia and his followers were forced to leave the lowlands and make a poorer living in the hills and valleys of Wales. So they could be our ancestors. Oh like, In another more bawdy version, um tells bawdy, like a little bo- it's a little bit more like saucy. Oh, okay. <laughs> tell that Scythonin was actually visiting the local king at the time of the storm and was intent on amorously distracting the fair maiden Merid, Mer- Merid, Merid, <laughs> who was in charge of the gates. So I don't know, but I see that as just a man blame- blaming a woman. Yeah, it was no her. Way. It was her. Um, so. Successful in his mission of seducing the fair maiden, uh, she was unable to shut the gates, and the land flooded. So I do have the actual poem if you want to hear the poem. Oh, this yes. is um, this is translated from Welsh, so obviously it doesn't rhyme or anything. Um, and it just uh, to me it sounds very um, sounds. Oh, what's the word for like something that's sexy, but it's not? No, no, no. It's like the word when you say like oh. What are they called? Like you know like when Lady Gaga says like I wanna ride on your disco stick. Oh euphemism. Oh, it's a euphemism.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So this to me just sounds like a poem. That's all euphemism. Oh to be honest, okay. right?
1: Oh.
2: So it's called Um Body My Squidno and this is how it goes. Scython in, stand out there and look at the mild, at the wild sea. It has covered my squidno. Cursed be the maiden who released it after the feast. Let the mountain of the rough sea be poured out. Cursed be the maiden who released it after battle. Let the fountain of the waste sea be poured out. The cry of Merid from the high point of the fortress directed to God it was. Pride as always goes before long dissolution.
0: Oh wow, well, yeah, that does sound like a lot of beautiful.
2: <laughs> <Yes. laughs> The cry of merit from the high point of the fortress, directed to God, it was. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting absolute filth. Yeah. Filth. So, um, the legend has, has inspired many poems and songs throughout the ages. It is first thought to be mentioned in the 750 year old Black Book of Carmarthen, along with the tales of Arthur and Moulin. Ooh.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: the Black Book, which is named after the colour of its binding, was written in 1250 and contained poems and much older material relating to the events that take place centuries earlier, including a poem about Cantor Oh, This precious manuscript is in the keeping of the National Library of Wales in Aberystwyth. Um, one modern-day version by Gillian Clark warns us of climate change and can be found on the Guardian's website. And it's actually read by Ewan um, Ryan, you know, um, from Game of Thrones yeah. and uh, Misfits. Yeah. And that's actually a lovely poem, so I yeah. recommend you go and listen to that. Wow. That's great, but it's a little bit like
0: preachy, mm, oh.
2: but it's like right. Yeah. <laughs> So, today, the supposed land of Canterquaylod is reduced to tree stumps on the beach at Both. The stumps, weathered by salt water and tide, are beautiful to see. They are gorgeous. Mm. If you look at, like, because they've been worn by sea, it's just smooth veins of the word, is beautiful. Oh, you see them. Yeah, that's interesting. The forest in Both made headlines in 2014 and 2019 when it was uncovered by storms. Uh, scientists rush to, to study the stumps when they peak above the sands. The stumps become covered again within two or three months of a major storm. Every time we have a big storm, more and more stumps are being discovered. So this, it could go on. We don't know how long it goes on. So you don't know how big the actual city was? No. Well, that's what they say. Whilst there's no scientific doubt that areas beneath the present-day Cardium Bay were forested and prob- probably inhabited... 7,000 years ago, up until recently, these poetic references may have been the only shreds of proof to the existence of the Lowland Hundred, which is what Lot means, mm. um, as a land above the seas in 600 AD. So far, excavation work on the site has found a Mesolithic tool. So Mesolithic is just before um, the Neolithic period, which is when Stonehenge was built. Mm. So it's literally yeah. a little bit before them. And um, so they found tools, flints, and a skeleton of an auroch, which is an ancestor to domestic cattle.
1: Like an ox, is it?
2: Yeah, it's just a. Uh, before cows were bred to be really stupid, basically. As well as the skull and antlers of a red deer.
1: It's amazing, like you can
2: see it in the sand. It's amazing, you can find these pictures. So human and animal footprints have also been unearthed, along with scatterings of burnt stones from ancient hearths. So there is evidence that That there was people living there. They (laughs) don't know if it was a city, like what they explain. But obviously, 7,000 years ago, a city wasn't what we see a city as. Do you know what I mean? It would have been like 200 people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there is evidence of people there. So, um, despite extreme winds for thousands of years, the remnants of the forest has remained preserved thanks to the acidic peat that covered them and deprived them of oxygen, leading to a series of discoveries at the turn of the decade. Like, what? Like, like the tools and the skulls Mm. and the animal prints and everything. It is said that even to this day, when it's calm and quiet, you can still hear the bells of the drowned Church of Cantor Lodge. The site is free to visit. Uh, you can sit and wonder at the story and possibly listen quietly for the ringing of that submerged bell.
1: Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. Mm. Day trip. Day trip. How <laughs> oh, long would it take us together?
2: was well, only in Cardigan, so like an hour. Yeah. If that. Aww, mm. oh, I like that. Yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's the tale of Canterbury Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> there are many different versions, mm-hmm. but uh, that's, that's cool. the one that was in the Black Book moment, so yeah, there's loads of different ones saying like, oh a, one, a priestess overflowed a fairy well, and there was loads of different versions. But that's yeah, the one that's in the black box, so I went with that. Yeah, oh, cool. mm. so that's whales covered. That's whales covered. Mm-hmm. We're all right this week. We've got whales. No one's at all.
0: So, I am doing Centralia, 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 okay, double <laughs> Cecil, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm doing Centralia, I think that's how they pronounce it, Centralia, <laughs> I have a few YouTube videos, but, um, so mine is located in, so Centralia is located in Columbia County, in Pennsylvania, and it is a near ghost town, but not a complete ghost town oh, yeah. just yet.
1: Ooh. I,
0: don't I don't know, know if any of you will have seen it before. On like, I've seen videos on Facebook and things like that. No, I've no, never, heard of, never it. heard of it. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> at this peak, the population was over two thousand residents, but in uh, 2017, only five residents remained. And this is all due to the raging coal mine fire that's been burning below the town since 1962.
1: Oh, oh mm. my god. Oh my god. okay. It's
0: predicted that the fire is likely to go on burning for at least another 250 years. So this place is going to be uninhabitable basically. Oh my god. Yeah. So Pennsylvania during the 1800s and early 1900s had a thriving coal mine industry. One of the purest forms of coal, uh, of coal called anthracite could be found in abundance in these areas, um, and Centralia was one of many mining boom towns. And during May of 1962, it was decided by the City Council that they would use a controlled burn on the local landfill, like a lot of landfills do. Mm, Yeah. When most of the paper at the top of the landfill had been burned, a volunteer firefighting company poured water on it until the flames had gone. However, they didn't realise that they'd left the fire burning in the lower levels of the landfill. And it had obviously not been extinguished and ended up spreading to the old mine tunnels. Um, And in the following years, many attempts were made to extinguish the fire, but none was successful. So homes then became rife with carbon monoxide, leading to many residents suffering with chronic bronchitis. And in 1981, 12-year-old Todd Domboski, I think, Todd Domboski, was happily playing when the ground below him caved in, nearly killing him, but luckily a family member was near and able to pull him from the sinkhole. Mm -hmm. As time went on, the ground beneath the town became hotter, and gas-filled basements, homes began to tilt and smoke poured from sinkholes. Greg Walter, who wrote for People Magazine in 1981, said, Even the dead cannot rest in peace. Graves in the town's two cemeteries are believed to have dropped into the abyss of fire that rages below them. Congress then decided to buy out its residents, paying them to move. And then in 1992, Pennsylvania attempted to rid all the remaining residents by condemning all the remaining buildings. And eliminating the zip code as well. Oh my god,
1: yeah. oh my god, that's sad. So
0: they were really trying to get rid of them all. So, seven mm. residents remained by court order in 1992 after that, um, but they are forbidden from passing down or selling the properties, because obviously it's not safe to live mm. there. Oh, and they can't, mm. you know, just kick people out. Um, So, I did read a few theories about the fire being deliberately started, and Mm -hmm. also a witch's curse. But, Mm -hmm. I think this is where fact and fiction have blurred together throughout the years, because the screenplay writer, Roger Avery, researched Centralia while working on the film adaptation of Silent Hill.
2: Oh, okay. And there's
0: a witch being burned by the Mm pyramid. I never watched the film, but there's a witch being burned by the Mm -hmm. pyramid. You've never seen Silent Hill? No. I know I've this is one of my Silent
2: Hill. What? Yeah. It oh my god.
0: There. I know, but after <sighs> reading this, I, I really want to see Yeah, it. watch
2: it. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Um, but yeah, it was largely based. Blaze, uh, it, <laughs> it was largely based. largely based on Centradi- Centralia. So the 2001 horror film features thick fog, steam rising from sinkholes, cracked roads, and ash falling from the sky. And whilst Centralia lacks the Fallen Ash, it does feature all the rest. So that's my research. And I did find a few little spooks, but. Yes, so I did find some spooks. They're not the best spooks, but I actually had trouble. I thought when we were looking for abandoned towns, the spooky stories would be in abundance, but they. It's not. They're not.
1: Loads of them just tell you this is an abandoned town. Yeah, and it's a really
0: creepy feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not, that's it's not ghost, awesome. that's a whole that's not it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so these are the best i found from Centralia because it's quite a big forest mm-hmm. place, even though it shouldn't be. You know, a lot of people... Actually, I didn't actually, I didn't actually include them in my story, but they've covered company over now. But the, um, the main way in or through Centralia was this um, abandoned bit of... Like highway, yeah, on Route sixty one. Mm-hmm. But it became known after everyone left as Graffiti Road because it was just like covered oh, in graffiti. Yeah, it looked pretty wow. really cool, but they've actually dumped a load of dirt oh. on it now because they didn't like it. Oh, why? I know. Rude. Apparently, rude. attract
2: people. there, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there was
0: a lot of like rude graffiti. Oh, was like, okay. a lot of it was like quite cool and like. Mm. One of them was like, welcome to Silent Hill, and mm, things like that. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, they are coming in all over the dirt. Oh,
1: that's sad. I know. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, bastards. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Scott Saylor of Mays Landing, New Jersey, wrote an email. I visited Centralia last weekend with a couple of friends, and I thought I might share a very weird experience I had while exploring the town. We were there for about an hour and a half, and we were checking out the interesting locations that I heard about, like the burning hillside, the crack in Route 61, and the streets without homes. We were in the area next to an old cemetery, on the east side of the town, east of Route 61. We had just checked out the old tombstones, and we were getting a whiff of smoke from the east of that, so we walked down the old gravel road to look around. We found a slag covered hill side with steam coming out of it and we're pretty fascinated by some fossils we found. When we heard what sounded like a voice saying something in un- something inaudible from down below where we were. All three of us heard it. We figured it was someone else checking out the area too, so we sort of ignored it. Then we heard it again. A little more clearly. A few words and it sort of sounded like leave this place. Mm. At that moment, the hill we were standing on started steaming more than a few moments before, and it really sunk like rotten eggs, sulfur, I guess. Oh. Well, it sort of spooked us, so we figured we better head back to the car. As we were walking back in the area of the soundry, we heard it again. Not the same words and not clear, but something like, Why? Why did you do that? Mm. What was even weirder was that it wasn't like someone was yelling out of the bushes. It was quiet and kind of closer and we couldn't figure out the direction it was coming from. Too weird. We got back to the car and didn't see any other cars or people the whole time we were there. We really weren't sure we wanted to talk about it. All I know is I'm not going back. When I got home, I found out that the area where we were walking was near the location that was where the fire started, across from the cemetery. I just thought I'd let you know about it. Something is not right about that place.
1: Oh so, one I have another two. Oh,
0: so Jim and his girlfriend Laurie emailed this to the website um, that I found these on after linking or mention it after this. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> um, yeah, but Jim and his girlfriend Laurie emailed this in in nineteen or oh, in the fall of nineteen ninety nine. Hi, my name is Jim. About a month ago, my girlfriend Laurie and I were coming back from nobles, and we decided to take sixty one home and stop at Centralia to take a look as we did once before. First let me say we're not superstitious, in fact, we're quite the opposite. We like checking out abandoned places and old buildings, old cemeteries and that sort of thing. We've seen a lot of old abandoned homes over the years, but the one we checked out in Centralia about a month ago really gave us a fright. It was a white abandoned twin home, up on a side street on a hill. There were two units, and both had red numbers sprayed on the front, which indicated from what I gathered that homes were probably set to be demolished in the near future. So we decided to check it out. The back door was open, so we went in. Some of the first floor windows were boarded up, making it dark, but we explored the old house a little. We were on the second floor in the hallway, near the stairs that led up and down to the first and third floor. The door was open leading up to the third floor, Laurie was in the hallway while I was at the top of the steps that led downstairs. At that point, we heard footsteps coming downstairs from the third floor. It sounded to me that the steps were coming down from the ceiling above the steps, going down to the first floor, so my first thought was someone was coming down after the attic, or third floor bedroom. At first we were startled until someone else was in the house. As the footsteps sounded like they were about to reach the second floor hallway, Laurie looked into the store well, expecting to see someone. There wasn't anyone there. At the same time, I looked down the steps to the first floor and saw nobody. We just stared at each other for a few seconds and I said, Do you want to leave? She said yes. We made a beeline down to the back door, where we came in and out to the car. We drove about a hundred feet and stopped to look back at the house. Looking at the windows, I mean, we expected to see someone looking out at us. Nothing though. Really weird. Like someone walked down those stairs but we couldn't see them. Freaked us out anyway. And I don't know what to make of that. You wouldn't know who used to live in that house. Not even sure where it was or what numbers were. But if ever I thought a house was haunted, it would be that one. sort of changed my impression of old vacant homes.
2: Ooh.
0: Okay, so the last story um, was posted on a bulletin board. um in the fall of 1998 and Ruth and Francois saw a couple of people walking out of the smoke who appeared to be wearing mining helmets the two figures walked up out of the large subsidence hole behind the graveyard and dematerialized materialized like the smoke rising out of the same hole and I've got a picture to show you with me. I think I'm hoping them. so that is the picture right let me oh, I mean, I oh. It. so yeah this is the picture that's, that's on the website, but I've looked for this, mm. I've googled every other variation of Centralia and ghosts and mm. things like that, mm-hmm. and this picture doesn't pop up anyway, so I, I don't, don't know. know, and it doesn't say if she sent
1: mm. that, that picture, picture in. It looks like two minus.
0: It does look like two minus, mm. which is why I assume it's the, I assume it's a photo taken by this roof person, mm. um, but I can't prove it, because it doesn't say... It doesn't actually have a reference, underneath it? Oh, gosh. But, yeah. Spooky. That's so weird. And if it is her picture, it is very friggin' clear, Mm -hmm. isn't (laughs) it? Yeah. Very clear. But, yeah. I will try... I tried to even copy this picture, just to put it on my Mm. document, to show you a bit easier. Um, But I couldn't even copy it and paste it over, so I don't think I'll even be able to post on these Can stories. you screenshot that? Oh well that's there. Um, and yes, just for reference, the website that I've found these stories on is offroaders.com. dot com. Okay, cool. So that is my story. I Yeah. very spooky. Very spooky, very uh famous. It's like yeah. it is the most famous one in America, I won't mm-hmm. say. Or if not, it is it is the worst coal mine fire
1: that's yeah. ongoing because it's surprising how much that happens as mm-hmm. well it's yeah but yeah interesting mm. very good so having a little look into some more abandoned cities and I found six cities which I'm going to give a little bit of background to mm-hmm. and then one of the cities I found some spooks on ooh mm-hmm. Um so the first city is in France and it hopefully I say this right is Oradour-sur-Glane. Orat de... Oradour-sur-Glane. Yeah, there she goes. <laughs> um so on the afternoon of June 10th, 1944, the village of Oradour-sur-Glane The village. The village. (laughs) say the village. (laughs) (laughs) Was the scene of the worst massacre of French civilians during World War II. In what is believed to have been an act of revenge for the town, supposed to support the French resistance, a Nazi SS detachment rounded up and murdered 642 of its residents and burned their houses to the ground. The men were taken to barns and machine gunned and the women and children were locked in a church and killed with an explosive incendiary grenades. Only a handful of people managed to survive by playing dead and then later fleeing into the forest. The village was built nearby after the war ended but French President Charles de Gaulle ordered that the burned ruins of the old town to be left untouched as a monument to the victims. The facades of dozens of brick buildings and charred storefronts still remain, as well as graveyards of rusted cars and bicycles, scattered sewing machines and unused tram tracks. The site is also home to a museum which holds a collection of relics and momentums recovered from the rubble. Oh, sad. Really sad, isn't it? But it's nice that they've left the town as it is, as a a memorial for what happened. In World War II, this is one of the only attacks on non-Jewish civilians to be at such a massacre at that size. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Sad. The next city is Hashima Island in Japan. Today, Ash- Hashima Island is a vacant labyrinth of crumbling concrete, sea walls and deserted buildings, yet it is one, it is one among the most densely populated places on the planet. The small island off the coast of Nangasaki was first settled in 1887 as a coal mining colony. It was later purchased by Mitsubishi, which built some of the world's first multi-story reinforced concrete buildings to house its bursting population. Hashima remained the hive of activity for the next several decades, especially during World War II, when the Japanese forced thousands of Korean laborers and Chinese to toil in its mines. By the 1950s, the 16 acre rock was packed to the gills with more than 5,200 residents. Most workers found cramped conditions unlivable, and the city was promptly abandoned after the mine closed in 1974. Forty years of neglect have left Hashima a depleted ruin of collapsed staircases and condemned apartments. Many of its high-rises are still filled with old televisions and other relics from the mid-20th century. Its once teeming swimming pools, barbershops, school classrooms is now sitting in a shambles. The island was officially opened to tourists in 2009 and is served as the inspiration for the villain's hideout in the 2012 James Bond film Skyfall. Mm. Mm. Um, this one is... Veshoa in Cyprus. In the early 1970s, the immaculate beaches of Veshoa, Cyprus served one as the most popular millionaire playgrounds in the Mediterranean. The suburb boasted a thriving tourism, uh, and celebrities such as Elizabeth Taylor, Bridget bodo were known to take the sand and the sun as their high-class beachfront hotels. But all of that changed in August 1974 when Turkey invaded Cyprus and occupied its northern third in response to the Greek nationalist-led coup. Um, Veshoa's 15,000 residents fled the city in terror, leaving their valuables and their livelihoods behind. Most assumed they would return once the fighting had stopped, but ongoing political strife has seen Vashoa waste away behind a heavily guarded barrier ever since. The few intrepid explorers who have ventured into the no man's land described by the Crumbling Ghost Town. Uh, trees have grown through the floors of the restaurants and homes, and most of the former residents' belongings have been looted or destroyed. What is left of the city stands as a spooky time capsule of the 1970s, including bell bottoms in shop windows and 40 year old cars still parked at the dealerships. In recent years, Greek and Turkish Cypriots have Held talks regarding the reopening of the former Jet Set as Haven, but experts estimate that it would take upwards of twelve billion dollars to make it livable again. Ooh. Wow. Bodie in California. Bodie was officially founded in eighteen seventy-six after miners stumbled upon the riches of deposits of gold and silver in its hillside.
0: Yeah. I looked at this one. Mm. <laughs> Sorry,
1: <Yeah>, go one. <laughs> um, gold craze. Prospectors flocked to the settlement at a rate of more than two dozen per day, and in the late 1870s, the population soared to the sum of 10,000 people. Thanks to its larger-in-life accounts and whiskey-filled shootouts, the outpost soon earned a reputation as the Sea of Sin, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, filled with rough men and prostitutes and opium dens, likely to have been the boom towns, like most of the boom towns, Bodie eventually went bust. By the 1880s, it had outgrown its mega infrastructure and its succession of harsh and deadly winters convinced many of its prospectors to move to more profitable locations. The population dwindled in the 1940s when the residents finally shipped out and since then, Bodie has become one of the nation's most well-preserved ghost towns. Its 200 ramshackle buildings are kept in a state of arrest decay. Park rangers and tourists flock and uh, to the site uh, to explore its 1880s Methodist church, saloons and post offices, as well as the ruins of a burnt-out bank vault. Mm. Uh, Forlandia in Brazil. In 1927, Henry Ford began his work in Folandia, a massive rubber population in the jungles along Brazil's Tapajos River. The automotive magnet needed the town as a steady source of rubber for his car tyres and hoses. But he also saw a venture and as a chance to bring small town to American values to the Amazon. Having already left his mark on the city in Durban, or Dearborn in Michigan, He designed a company town complete with a swimming pool, golf course, suburban lifestyle, bungalows, weekly square dancing sessions. Unfortunately for Ford, his experiment was doomed almost from the start. Fernandia's rubber trees fell victim to leaf fungus. Did anyone else know the rubber came from trees? Yes. No. No. Neither did I. Rubber tree
2: plant. What's that song we used to sing in primary school? Oh, the rubber tree plant.
1: Mate, I don't know what you're on. I no don't know you that. Let me Google it. Come Go on, mate. carry on. I'll come back. <laughs> um, its employees uh, under the town came to strict regulations, which included a ban on alcohol. And clashes between Brazilian labours and American managers soon became a common occur- occurrence. During one riot over a cafeteria rule, Falandia's employees destroyed most of their mess hall with machetes and pushed the town's trucks into the river. Henry Ford eventually sunk $20 million into into his would-be workers' paradise, but the town failed to produce any latex for his automobiles. Having never visited the site himself, he finally sold it to the Brazilian government in 1945 for pennies on the dollar. The wilderness, he reclaimed a large portion of Finlandia's campus in the years since, but many of his buildings are still standing and has now become a minor tourist des- destination for backpackers and curiosity seekers. Mm.
2: And just for information, the rubber tree plant song <laughs> is High Hopes by Frank Sinatra. Oh. it's was like, whoops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Never heard it.
1: No? No. no. What? No, sorry. <sighs> Might have to play the show on it. Maybe. <laughs> um. So, everybody would have heard of Pripyat in the Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, at one twenty-three am on April 26th, 1986, a catastrophic meltdown took place inside reactor number 4 at the Soviet nuclear power plant at Chernobyl. The explosion that followed sent flames and radioactive material soaring into the skies over Pripyat, and a nearby city, built to houses, the scientists and workers. It took 36 hours before the 49,000 residents were evacuated from the town. Many of them later suffered severe health effects as a result of the brief exposure to the fallout. Soviet authorities later sealed off an 18-mile exclusion zone surrounding Chernobyl, leaving Pripyat an abandoned ghost town. The city has languished for nearly three decades as a chilling reminder of the disaster. Its buildings have decayed and have been partially reclaimed by the elements. Wild animals will roam through what was once bustling apartments, sport complexes and amusement parks. In the town, the post office still has hundreds of letters from 1986 still waiting to be mailed. While radiation levels, inappropriate, have dropped enough in the recent years to allow urban explorers and former residents to make brief visits, scientists estimate that it could take several centuries before the town is once again safe for habitation. Oh
0: wow! Mm-hmm. Did anyone watch the snowball? Oh, yes. yes Oh, yes. someone
2: there. Have seen um, the um Dark Tourist? Mm-hmm. on Netflix of the Fukushima mm-hmm. oh, wow. disaster oh, art it. but yeah, they really actually good. go in there and the like the meter mm-hmm. is going off like and you can see the women are starting to sweat Like they're like oh my god I need to get off because obviously if you're a woman yeah. and you go into these things it can permanently like damage mm-hmm. all your cells and
1: stuff yeah. so yeah, I know so I did what I thought would be a little spook check and i found one mm-hmm. so it is said the pripyat is rife with ghosts Andriy karaskov a nuclear physicist went to visit the site in 1997 Andriy went to the power station at 7:30 a.m. to reactor 4 and, and to outside the sarcophagus because the reactor has been covered um, to help keep the radiation levels at bay um, so, reactor number four is where the explosion happened, so you can't go inside due to the radiation, as he was taking his readings, he started to hear a voice of someone screaming for rescue from a fire, but it was coming from inside the reactor. <gasps> he says, "I ran to tell someone someone was in was someone was in there, only to be told. I was the only person who had been to the reactor in three years. He explained to get near the reactors, you need the clearance, and when you get there, you're faced with an alarm system. Not only that, the reactor needs a password and a handprint just to get close enough to it. Later that evening, as we were eating dinner outside the building by the river next to the plant, all of a sudden... One of the floodlights turned on in the room of installation. There was no way that this could have turned on without somebody being inside. My colleague said it must have been a surge of power. And as they finished this sentence, the light turned off. There is also an alien conspiracy. Oh, Oh, here we go. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, Give it to are... me <laughs> <laughs> so people are not saying that the aliens are the cause of the disaster but actually they saved the human race UFOs were heavily spotted around the time of the explosion one witness reported seeing an object for about six hours those who believe they believe that this object was real and piloted by an alien they say that they helped the town drown some of the radiation levels by Preventing an even larger blast.
0: See, yeah, right. This is one thing that has always baffled me about Chernobyl, because They predicted people were gonna die, mm-hmm. and yeah, it yeah. wasn't that bad, was it? Apart from the people who were immediately caught up in the mm-hmm. uh, explosion. Yeah, explosion. Is that the right word?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people um, from the city ended up having cancer, Um there was there was a lot of deformed children that were born. Mm. But there wasn't as many As predicted, was there? No. As you would expect. No. Yeah. And fatality, like yeah. Instant fatalities. Yeah. So he said that the the damage that was that was done by Chernobyl, it was bad, but it was supposed to be apocalyptic. And this is where they say the aliens are saved at the human race. They're,
0: good. They're trying <laughs> to get us to the next level. Well,
1: <laughs> this is where it gets a little bit odd. So three years later, a doctor said he saw the UFO again when the reactor was sending off high radiation, mm-hmm. and also there's been sights of a UFO around the Fukushima plant again, oh, so possibly doing yeah. possibly doing the same thing, absorbing the radiation to protect us.
0: I think so mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you are so hopeful
2: about aliens, and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, we need to do an alien episode, but I'm gonna have to research for like fucking months
1: for an alien. Just episode to cover, just to be <laughs> satisfied. Yeah. yeah.
0: I just won't be satisfied. I don't think I could ever do enough research. There's just so much evidence. Yeah. So much. We'd we'll have to do like a 3 part It's mind-blowing. We'd have to do like a ten-parter. <laughs> we'd, have to, we'd have to get rid of spooky tales from Wales and be like... Alien tales. A- alien, alien tales. tales. <laughs> <laughs> Spin-off. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: You can go online and see some of the pictures of like the deformed animals that were born. So they left a lot of the dogs inside the city and obviously those dogs bred. But because those dogs were then full of radiation the the offspring that they were providing uh, were born dead but they were born with like six seven limbs, um, almost like pancakes they, you can see the effect the radiation had mm. there's also been reports of zombies in the city um, and there was a film that came out as well that kind of um, made people get on board with it even more um, where they say that some people stayed in the city and the radiation turned them into zombies.
0: Yeah, because there's still people living there, though, isn't there?
1: On the outskirts. On the outskirts, yeah. On the outskirts, yeah. so you see,
0: like... I've seen a few YouTube videos and things like that where they've, like, come across these random people who live in these, like, mm-hmm. not much more than a shack. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're strange people, but nice people, generally. But you
1: know, the, um, the food that you eat... So, if they were to eat from the land, it would all be radioactive food. Mm. Um, and when they test them... They find that they are full of radiation, but they they still live in, they still go in, and exactly. they can't really explain it too much because you should have died by now from radiation poisoning. Yeah, but they still go in. The aliens, the aliens
0: are super mm-hmm. They're like power to
1: yep. them. I wouldn't want a movie though. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right. Okay, that's me done. Thanks, girls. Bye. no, no,
0: no. no, 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 no spooky no. tag.
2: Spooky tag. Spooky tag. No. Yeah. Hello. Do you
0: want to play a game? Okay, so we're back to Spooky Tag. Spooky Tag. Spooky tag. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so this week it is Steph's turn to be spooked.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, They've even like the lights are anyway. dimmed. This is what does my head in. I've got the headphones on and the lights are dimmed, um,
0: and I am like close your eyes. right here. <laughs> Should I turn my mic off when you're reading it? No. Oh, yeah, there's too much okay. Yeah, no, don't yeah, pull at yeah. that I'm thread. Just <laughs> up. I'll, just, I'll just sit back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think... I'm going first, yeah? 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 Go on, then. <clears throat>
2: Let me just... <laughs> step up. Wake up. She awoke with a jolt. Shit. I dozed off. How long have I been asleep? The blue light from the laptop strained her sleepy eyes. The tiny digital clock read 4.55am. She sighed in relief. It had only been a few minutes. She had worked the night shifter for a few weeks now, and was really starting to find comfort in it. It was strangely uplifting, being fully awake while the rest of the world was sound asleep. She carried the laptop to the kitchen, and set it gently on the counter. Couldn't risk missing anything right now. They would think that I fell asleep on the job. She joked to herself. She filled the kettle to make a much-needed cup of coffee. The water seemed to rush out of the tap much louder than it did in the day. The kettle boiling might as well have been an aeroplane taking off. She was watching the water furiously bubble. Why is everything so much louder when I'm trying to be quiet? Gott was asleep upstairs, on early shifts. Last thing he needed was her making a racket. She quietly made her drink and settled back to the sofa, ready for anything now. The work was simple. Not allowing herself to get spooked was the real challenge in this job. She had always been a little more sensitive to these sort of things. She flipped on the TV. Desperate housewives. Perfect. The volume of the opening credits burst through the speaker. Shit, shit, shit. Quickly dropping the volume. There There was movement upstairs. Oh god, I've woke him. She rushed to the bottom of the stairs to apologize. Just to see him dart into the bathroom. Must have been a coincidence, he obviously really really needed the loo. She relaxed back into the sofa, back to work. 45 minutes or so had passed. God, he's been there in a while. She carries the laptop to check on the poor lad. Her eyes readjust to the darkness in the hallway. She focuses on the glass pane on the front door to regain clarity. She noticed the dogs. Well, she noticed that they were not there. Normally, they would barge through to get to the front door or even try their luck on the stairs. Something caught her eye. She stood frozen. The shadow of an impossibly tall, decrepitly thin creature cast on the wall in the cold blue moonlight. Soft footsteps on the landing above her. Maybe Scott had seen what she was seeing and was about to jump in to save her from this intruder. Footsteps on the stairs now. One, two, three... "'Come on, Scott, hurry!' screaming in her head. The steps stopped. She stood confused and terrified, still holding the bloody laptop of all things. The silence was deafening now. The only thing she could hear was her ever-increasing pulse in her ears. It could have been a minute, it could have been an hour. Suddenly, the footsteps boom down the stairs, and the shadow combines with the sounds. His figure forms and emerges at the bottom of the stairs, This creature was pitch black darkness, the feeling of dread and complete silence. All shadow except for an inhuman smirk across his featureless face. This isn't real, she chanted in her head. The scene was impossible to comprehend. She tried to scream, but she couldn't move. No footsteps this time. His movement was strange and unsettling, almost a glide. Closer and closer, she could smell him now. Something like rotten egg and sulphur. He leaned in. The stench was unbearable. But she couldn't move. She couldn't scream. She was powerless. The creature leaned in right into her ear. Wake up! You fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart was going so I do what yours was, was doing. <laughs> was it good? Did oh, you enjoy yeah. it? A little bit of backstory, but you yeah, know that was so strange that like I'm talking about the hallway and stuff because Steph has actually been noticing the dogs mm-hmm. are like looking at the hallway and being like, rr, rr, rr. yeah. So I'm really sorry if I've accidentally like conjured
0: something into your hallway. <laughs> <laughs> when she told me last night, she's already uh,
1: been
0: talking about the
1: hallway. I was like, you've manifested something. Oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> 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 absolute dickhead because there's been so many times that I've gone out to the hallway because I have heard him upstairs and I'm like oh crap I woke him up and he does he just darts across the landing and then there's been times as well where I can hear someone coming down the stairs and I've gone to look at the hall and he's scared the crap out of me then because he's jumping into the dining room to grab some sweets and (laughs) go back (laughs) (laughs) upstairs Scott loves his sweets (laughs) (laughs) you're an arsehole now because when I go to check that again I'm going to be like (laughs) no
2: no 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 right
0: I'm done that's done no no more um well (laughs) my story no (laughs) is it it has a lot of similarities to yours oh okay but it's not written as well I'm not going (laughs) to it's a bit rushed okay so she stared at the computer screen blankly The exhaustion slowly creeping in. A quick glance at the clock confirmed she had just four hours left to go. The ticking of the clock, however, pulled her into a trance. She rubbed her eyes and snapped herself awake. She made her way into the kitchen to make some coffee, careful not to disturb the dogs. When she returned and settled herself in for the rest of the shift, she once again glanced at the clock. 3.30. The house was silent except for the ticking of the clock. Her eyes drooped. When she awoke, it was after 7am. She jumped to sit herself up and check the computer. No work had come in. She was lucky. She shut the laptop down and made her way at the stairs. As she pushed the bedroom door open, she saw Scott sleeping softly. But she also saw the golden aura of something or someone next to him. But she accepted it. That colour signified family and protection to her. The golden colour shimmered warmly. She dropped into bed and watched it as it slowly faded away. With that she was asleep again. The next day passed uneventfully. She worked through the night. She walked upstairs finally for bed and again that golden aura hovered near Scott protecting him as he slept. The next day she felt on edge and she, she saw shadows at the corner of her eyes. Chills ran over her and everything looked normal but it was not. She couldn't explain how, but it was not. The heavy presence lingered with her as she worked through the night. When she was finally done, she walked up to her bedroom expecting the familiar golden light. But as she opened the door, she felt that something was wrong. There was no light. The blind blew slightly. She made her way to bed and noticed the door had been left open a crack. She started shaking Scott awake. Wake up. When she turned to look at him, she saw the black mass hovering over Scott. The faceless apparition leaned closer to her. It was so close, she felt an icy chill come over it as it came almost nose to nose with her. She tried to scream, she tried to move, but she remained there frozen. It started retreating, and she furiously started shaking Scott. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up! By the time he woke up, the world was back to right. It was gone. She told him what had happened. But he laughed her off, told her it was a nightmare. Could she have dreamed it? She lay awake in bed that morning, looking for any signs of a shadow, but there was nothing. That night she didn't have work, she slept solidly, right up until that dream. She could see the thing moving closer and closer to Scott while she lay there, unable to move. When she broke free of the dream, she shot up in the bed, sweating. Nothing, but why was it getting closer? Following afternoon, she decided to try and sleep before starting her shift that night. She fell asleep to the sound of the TV in the background as she slept. She could hear the familiar voices from the telly, but there was another. It called her name quietly at first, then louder. Steph, Steph, the other voices went silent. She blinked, looking around for the source of the voice. She bravely swallowed and asked, Who are you? It whispered back instantly. What do you want? Yep. Yeah. Wake up. As she awoke, black soulless eyes hovered right above his. Scott blinked, and they were gone.
2: Oh! Oh! Oh my God! <laughs> so it wasn't that bad, then. It was good.
0: I was good. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> I was so nervous doing that because I just. Yeah. That was a good little twist. Oh, that was a good little. The lonely man, the lonely man from your tarot reading, was in might You got marked on your head
2: where you've been like pressing so into your head. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so it wasn't uh, that bad then. No, so that's okay. it was good.
2: It was good. Oh, it god. was
0: so good.
1: I don't know which one is fucking creepier because both of those weird things have happened where I see Scott go across the stairs but then I also have had someone tell me
0: That's why I wanted the golden light because I remember mm, you saying it's family it's just family and I was like (laughs) 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 he
2: he I would say Lawrence clinched this one this week thank you thank you Sorry, it G. was a fair win. I'm it was sorry. A victory.
0: <laughs> I'll give it that. I'll oh, fucking hell, so oh. it's my turn next week. Oh. Not next week, next episode.
1: I hate you both, though, I'm not lie. <laughs> because it's true, like, any sound you make at night is louder. Oh, yeah.
0: I hate you.
1: I hate you. <laughs> They were awesome oh. stories, though. I don't know how you two come up with them. Like, how you came up with that so quick? Then, yeah, it was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was
1: good though. It was really good for
0: what it was. <laughs> A lot of similarities, mind you. Yeah, that, that was quite the coffee thing. I was like, "Oh, fuck
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I've written sweet. exactly the same.
2: <laughs> Even like the last lines, where it was like, "Oh, she was silent. She was, mm. she was frozen." I was like, "That's exactly what I
1: yeah. said." <laughs> that is definitely mean. like
2: something. Coming through, it? Can you not? <laughs> that's the lonely man. That's the lonely man.
1: Fucking Frankie's back.
0: I was gonna write The Devil, but then I was like, oh, it's mm. a bit too far. But the lonely man. He's obsessed with you.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna go cleanse when I go home. Palo
2: Santo. Palo
0: Santo. <laughs>
2: Oh no. I'm really proud of that. I'm
0: glad. (coughs) I'm happy that I won that. Well done. Thank you. It was a fair victory.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad you're next week then. Or next episode. Oh, that's
0: (laughs) it. Anyway, before we do end this episode, Mm -hmm. I have a bit of my own spook to add. Ooh! You know it. I saw you the day. The strange day that I had.
1: Oh my god. It was such a fucking strange day. Oh
0: so um when was it, about a week and a half ago? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, week and a half ago. Um, it felt like a normal day, up until like, about 11 o'clock, um, without going into like, all my family history. This... My father's side of the family I don't speak to, I've never really known them since I was like, I don't know, three or 4 mm-hmm. They just sort of left, that was that. Anyway, I had a message. Um, no, the night before, I had a dream about my mother saying like, Oh, I'm off to forgive your father. And I don't know when I'll see you again. So I was like, Oh, okay. what the fuck? <laughs> oh, thanks, love. <laughs> thanks, mum. Thanks, <Charming>, mother. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. I didn't think much of it. You know, I woke up a bit like, oh, it's a shitty and random dream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then about, 11 o'clock the next day, I had a message through Facebook of someone on that side of the family. Last time they messaged me, because I could see it mm. on my mm. message, it was 2014.
1: So <laughs> mad. Oh my god. And just being like,
0: hey, how are you? Da, da, da. So and funny. then I messaged back, like, mm. oh, good, you know. And they didn't message me back, which was odd. Mm. I'm not yeah. saying that was anything spooky, but it was just odd, the timing yeah. Bit yeah, So anyway, that was that. Um, later that day then, I went to a customer's house, a customer who I go to, I go to their house all the time, really regular there, used to be there like once a week, mm. you know, sort of thing, mm. doing their hair, um, yeah, so really familiar with their house, their house is a newer build, nothing, never heard anything, never sensed anything, and I'm not the type who senses as much anyway mm. usually, but never sensed anything, never felt spooked there, nothing. Um, but anyway, I was doing, I was downstairs, I was waiting for her, I could do a load of thumping upstairs, and I was thinking, what the hell is that? It's a relatively small house. I was thinking, what the hell is that? Um, they live alone, so I was like, what the hell is going on up there? But it's like a mid-link house, mm-hmm. so I was like, neighbours, maybe, maybe it's just a louder oh, gosh, time of day, than, than what I'm something. usually there, I don't know. Yeah. Again, didn't think much of it. So, then I was doing the customs here and they turned to me and they said, do you know what, I keep... So, this person's mother passed away at the beginning of the year mm. and the mother was n- months off turning 100. Right. Um, yeah. So, she said, like, they turned to me and they were like, do you know what, I keep feeling like I'm seeing my mother here. Mm. Like, I keep looking at the doorway and feel like I'm seeing someone, like, peering around the side. Oh, so I was like, oh, that's weird. Didn't even connect the two, nothing. Mm. Um I was like, oh, really strange that, you know. Mm. It's a, like I said, fairly small house. Mm. It's like, you know. Anyway, Um so then they're paying me as I'm about to go. I'm at the front door. The stairs are right in front of me, and I can see past at the stairs. Mm. And I know it sounds daft. Maybe... I didn't ask if the windows were open, but I know this particular customer never opens the window because they've got a cat and they're afraid of the cat jumping out. Mm. Um, So I know, even during the hottest of the summer, they never open the windows upstairs. Anyway, they're paying me and I can see all the doors upstairs, like, opening and (gasps) shutting. And at that point, I was like, do you know what? (laughs) Today has been too fucking strange. I need to get out. I didn't even, like, hang around. I was like... Money, thank you, <laughs> bye. Oh my God. <laughs> so oh my god! I gosh. could just see it all going on behind them. And I was like, D- do I say something? I-, I I really don't know. But yeah. Ooh. And then that night, yeah, the little one was ill. <sighs> so I was like, Jesus. It's oh been gosh. a really strange day and it's never ending. Like,
1: <laughs> So many spooks, man. It was just such a weird day. It was yeah, such it was a strange so weird. day. Like yeah. A clairvoyant like dream moving into like yeah everything. Isn't it?
0: So that was my. I can't even call it spooky. It was my strange, strange day. Mm. I don't know what happened. Something was just off about that day. Ew. It's like I That's was so like weird. <laughs> I know it. It was just like start to finish. Just it was like well, what, what
2: do you remember? What the date was? Was it like October?
0: was it near no, Halloween? I can't tell. No, you. no well, it was like, way no. after
1: Halloween, wasn't it? Um, it was. It was literally about a week and a half ago because yeah. Dopey had to take it.
0: I can tell you. Sitting back on my work order. Yeah, it was Wednesday the tenth of November. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's mad. Isn't it? Yeah, I'll have to look up and see if anything was yeah. mystical about the day. I don't know. It was just start to finish a weird fucking day.
1: <laughs> wow. A yeah. lot seems to happen to us lot.
0: I, I don't find that usually myself, but uh, I do you not think so? Uh, uh, yeah, but not really funny. The amount of spooks that
2: we've told on you is literally like... None of it has happened recently. I haven't had anything happen recently to me. Literally, this, well, apart from the music box one that yeah. I said about mm. last episode. But, um, literally all of it was in my first two Houses. Yeah, I haven't had anything
0: since then. I haven't had anything before that day, for a long, long time. Mm. Like I, I think the last one I said on asylum was when me and Elle had like the overlapping sort of dreams. dreams. Mm, yeah, um, and that was in this house. I haven't really said my bungalow stories, but I mean that's yeah. going back over four years ago. Mm. So.
1: It's just mine then.
0: Yeah, it's just your assholes. You, you yeah. and the lonely man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
1: think that about wraps it up though. It does. Mm. So, till next time, stay spooky. spooky.
0: <laughs> A shadow darted quickly past. She, shat- oh, she
2: shouted <laughs> the <end>. she
0: shouted. She <laughs> shouted.
2: That's gotta be a blooper for the end. Yeah, that's yeah. good.
0: Cross between she started and she shaked. <laughs> she shouted. <laughs> okay.